Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man, I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah, man. I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouth. But if they won, she's half. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, he know what he be talking about. Mike and Charles, they know what they be talking about. They compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they won a loss. And who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor, uh, yes, sir, yes, and sir. pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. Yes. Dr. Ville's Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike and Charles Bishop. The boys are back. Got a little holiday break, so uh, Merry Christmas for all those that celebrate out there. Happy Kwanzaa. It is day three. Ujima, collective work and responsibility to build and maintain our community together and to make our brothers and sisters' problems, our problems, and to solve them together. I think that's appropriate for the work that we try to do with Inside HBCU Sports Lab. With that being said, welcome to episode 224 of Inside HBCU Sports Lab radio show and podcast. The show that's covering the sporting HBCU dash for all things HBCU sports, for institutions large and small from NAIA to the NCAA. We share insights and information on the HBCU sports culture, HBCU Athletic Aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU Athletic programs in the business of HBCU sports. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, along with my co-host, Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. We are filming from our home studios and sending a signal live to KCH 1230 AM studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Famer, Ralph Cooper, in the beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. With that being said, let me go straight to Mike Washington. How are you doing today? Oh, pretty good, Doc. CB, how you guys doing? I'm doing still well. Still, still on the East Coast in Middle Georgia, enjoying some of that this nice home cooking. Mm, don't I, don't get too too uh, flat footed with yourself. You know, I know how you do out there. Yeah, happy. <laughs> uh, I'd like to reiterate, happy holidays to everyone. Merry, merry, belated, merry Christmas, and happy Ujima. Day three, as Dr. Cavill alluded to, collective work and responsibility. I've been pushing that message to not only my family, but to coworkers as well. So, Oh, I like it. There you go, Mike. Put it on. Tell them. Let's go to work. Let me go to you, Charles Bishop. How are you doing today? Doing tremendous, Dr. Cavill. Uh, again, like uh, Mike said, happy belated Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Kwanzaa, uh, and enjoy this little time uh, off. You can see a little, little growth on the face here. <laughs> so, uh, enjoy and play a little bit of golf and, uh, you know, just, just a little bit of downtime. Just a little bit of downtime. Yeah, never too much. Too much as we putting in that work, collective work, uh, getting it done. But as you said, there is such thing to get some downtime, and we gave that to you. With that being said, before I celebrate an official holiday for HBCU sports fans out there, let me say that COVID-19, Omicron mm-hmm. is real. Yes. Uh, stay safe. Uh, mask up. For those that can, get the shots. Um, if you are getting the shots, by now hopefully you're getting the booster. Take care of yourself, your family, and your community. Um, and so if it makes um, sense in terms of your healthy disposition or religious framework, uh, get the shot because um, it's certainly nothing to play with. And make sure whatever your rationale is that you're educated about the process. I will say that. With that being said, today's episode of Inside HBC Sports Lab was sponsored by THC Agency, LLC. THC Agency is a company that provides sporting and educational consulting and data analytics. 
With that being said, I'd be remiss if I did not celebrate. Today is three days after Christmas, but two days after Christmas, meaning yesterday, is an HBCU sports holiday, in my opinion. Mm. It is the 129th anniversary of the first HBCU football game, as we call it, Black College Football, celebrating Biddle College, now as you all must know, Johnson C. Smith University playing Livingstone College on the front yard of the university. I like that. The front lawn, as they say. In 1892, December 27th, this happened. Can you only imagine? The two teams played the first football contest between two black colleges, which Biddle won 5-0. Yes, a little oddity in the score. That's how they kept the score at that time. I know that's more like a baseball score, but that's not the misprint. The scoring was a bit different back then, as we say. The teams played two 45-minute halves on a snowy front lawn at Livingston's campus, Salisbury, and hundreds of spectators traveled on foot by horse and by mule and wagon to see the match. As you say, we talked about the collective Ujima. This was certainly about the community and the collective work. Uh, the women of the institution helped in terms of facilitating this, making sure that uniforms were uh, appropriate. Other students made sure they did the appropriate work for what would be known later as cleats. Um, so it's amazing when you talk about this. I got this information. You can see it out there. But this particular information is coming from Johnson C. Smith University, University Archive in History. Africana Rare Book Room featured work, Black Heritage Room Rare Books, housed at Duke Memorial Library on the campus of Johnson C. Smith. You can go to HTTPS colon backslash backslash J. CSUarchives.wordpress.com. If you want to get more details on it, but I certainly would be remiss if I did not acknowledge that on this show. I uh, sent out tweets and just kept it simple on the tweet and saying this is the 129th anniversary. I'm, I can't imagine what Mike try to figure out to do for 130 next year. That will be big as you would only imagine. So much history, so much fantastic information out there. So I wanted to share that with all our great listeners out there. And shout out to all our listeners. Before I do a little shout out to each of those out there, let me go to you, Charles. What's some news of the other day? Or you can give some thoughts if you want to on the anniversary celebration of the first HBCU football game. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, when you think about uh, what has uh, grown into uh, what we see now. So you, you always want to acknowledge uh, the first with Johnson C. Smith and Livingstone. Uh, and 2021, uh, during a pandemic, uh, you're talking about uh, the top 17 uh, highest attended games had over over half a million people attend those games. Uh, some over 600,000 people attended those games. So I'm sure with all the totality of HBCU football uh, this past fall, well over a million uh, who have attended the game. So, uh, you know, you can't say enough about the the, the first and, and what it is grown to become uh, and what we know and love. Great points. I'm glad you shared that. And I'll come back to you with some news, but let me let Mike see if he wants to say any thoughts on this 129th anniversary, uh, day after the anniversary, I should say. What are your thoughts on that? Man, my, my thoughts are all over the place. First of all, I mean, who was the crowd there? I mean, did, you know, that same atmosphere wasn't there. It was, you it was on the front yard, but this was, you know, middle, what was it, middle college? But this was really Johnson C. Smith and Livingstone, uh, still, you know, prevalent colleges today. So he, 129 yayas, as, as the old Baptist preachers to say yayas later, <laughs> still talk about these universities, and you still get excited, and they still play a competitive uh, line of football. So I'm, I'm really excited, but I'm glad that we acknowledge especially the, the accomplishment of these two institutions. Uh, I would love to do something, you know, next year at, a, at the 130-year mark because, to me, that's significant enough. They didn't wear thigh pads back then. They, you know, the helmets were like pure leather. You know, did a little research. You know, they were playing some grown man football back then on the front yard. And so you can imagine the bragging rights 
and uh, you know, you we think of the you know Circle City Classic, Magic City Classic. We think all the classics we have today. Can you think about the bragging rights they had back then, playing football on the front yard? And here we are, recognizing. <laughs> 129 years later. So that's what excites me. I know that's not analytical or scientific, but that's very exciting to me. Oh, I love it. I love it. It's perfect. You know, conference founded in 1912. So you're talking about what, 30, I mean, 20 years later. It's just amazing when you uh, look at it in terms of the history. And you're talking about the SWAC wouldn't be come around in terms of another 30. So a lot of history, a lot of things taking place in terms of that uh, going on not even, what, 30 years after the Civil War, uh, 35 years after the Civil War, if you would, around that time frame in terms of that. It's amazing when you think about it. But to put it in some modern terms, I think, Charles, you have some news out there in terms of updates. You know, we're fascinated in a lot of ways about attendance. We, we collected in terms of now we're getting in terms of understanding uh, ratings on television views of that nature. But what kind of updates do you have for us now? Yeah, and this was put out, of course, Luke Williams, Black College Sports page, uh, and they did a tremendous uh, read on, on the attendance, highest attendance uh, at the 2021 Black College football games, and they took the top 17 games there, and out of those 17 games, Jackson State was involved in 10 of those 17 games. When you take a look at it, the top five uh, highest attended Black College uh, games this past season, uh, Swag Championship comes in at number five, 50,128. Uh, Jackson State Homecoming, 53,578 comes in at four. The Florida Classic, Camping World Stadium, 54,196. The Bayou Classic in the Superdome, 55,791. And Jackson State's game against Alcorn had 58,892 uh, fans there. Just tremendous uh, when you talk about uh, this, this Jackson State fan base being involved in 10 out of those 17 games. Yeah, that's amazing when you're talking about the 50,000 plus, you know, three out of the top 50, right under that is Celebration Bowl at 48,653, which was a sellout. So if you could have got the 50 by selling tickets, you might have been on that one. Might have so. got another 50,000. <laughs> that's, that's amazing when you're talking about 10 of the 17 and those type of numbers. That's, that's kudos, a lot to say about that. Let me give a shout out before I go to you, Mike, for some other news you want to jump on. Bernadette Arrington, Ron Alvarez jumped in here. Uh, Noel Price, as he's taking care of COVID, take care of yourself. Amos Fawcett, Carl Edmund, Reggie Walson is in here. Alex Hine is in the house. Ricky Burton, Lonnie Shaw, as always, Jerome Jeep Sutton getting down. Kurt Wilson, Joseph Anthony Goodwin, Diane Weber says, uh, good day. And she's sharing much love. Chuck Hunt is always in the building. Chad Cooper, Reuben Hogan. Shout out to those lab listeners out there. Keep it coming. Mm. We'll give you a shout out. Let me go to you, Mike, in terms of what's some hot news that you have up for us today. Well, Dr. Gaville, you started out talking about the Omicron variant and being safe. And I think Charles C.B. alluded to that. And it's starting to rear its ugly head in terms of, you know, collegiate activities. Norfolk State. Wednesday's uh, men's basketball game between Norfolk State and Campbell scheduled for Gore Arena in BUS uh, Creek, North Carolina, has been postponed due to COVID-19 uh, protocols uh, within the Spartan program. So no makeup date has been immediately announced. Then you have South Carolina due to, of course, COVID-19 health and safety protocols. South Carolina and South Carolina State have been have agreed to postpone the scheduled December 29th matchup. Then you move down to Coppin State. The Coppin State women's ma- uh, basketball team has announced that tomorrow's game against George Mason has been canceled due to the university's health and safety protocol. Then we talk about Delaware State. Again, Delaware State Athletics, out of abundance of caution, has a place to hold on its men's basketball team activities due to health and safety protocols. All team activities, including games and practices, are paused until January 2nd, 2022. The Hornets are scheduled to play, I believe it's Penn State on Wednesday, the 29th, um, of course, tomorrow, but the game has been uh, canceled. And then uh, Maryland Eastern Shore, University of Maryland Eastern Shore, uh, the women's basketball game at West Virginia 
University, originally scheduled for the 29th at 7 p.m., has been canceled. And that's just not an HBCU thing. Just to put this thing in perspective, there have been four bowl games that have been have been canceled as well. So starting with the inaugural Fenway Bowl in Boston between the University of Virginia and Southern Methodist, scheduled for Wednesday, guess what? Canceled. Uh, I believe the Hawaii Bowl. Uh, so the Military Bowl in Annapolis between Maryland and Boston College and East Carolina University, again, canceled. So a lot of precaution has been taken. I, I mentioned the Hawaii Bowl for Christmas Eve. That was canceled. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of cancellations going across as this Omicron rears its ugly head, but it seems that universities are in a place to make more conservative decisions to cancel these activities. Uh, I think we've learned a lot in the last two years. Protocols are in place, and it looks like these triggers are being pulled a, a little bit more earlier in the, in the decision process. So we'll see what comes as we approach, you know, the, the the midpoint of basketball season where teams get into their conference schedules. But teams are, are being a lot more conscious. Protocols, the blueprint has been written. They're in place and decisions. A lot of decisions have impacted a lot of HBCU schools. Well, yeah, you know, see. getting a breaking news alert here, a tweet that uh, John Madden has passed away, Dr. Oh, John wow. Madden. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Um, we yep. talk about e-gaming and um, the impact that um, oh not only gosh. Madden had with regards to uh, his coaching career, but uh, you're talking about a giant with regards to the video game industry and uh, sports broadcasting as well. So definitely oh, to yeah, my, my kids only know him as, as sports broadcasting, are, but I was trying <laughs> to educate them on what his impact was in the announcing booth. Right, right. Style and the way he announced the game really transformed a lot. There's been three or four announcers that really have transcended the, you know, the role of announcer, you know, mm-hmm. Stuart, another one of those. Uh, and John Madden, certainly another one of those, man. Um, tremendous. And now I'm getting that tweet as well, CB as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a passing time. As you see, as we get in the year, we'll talk a little bit more on what this year and impact was in terms of HBCU sports. We will have our top 10. We'll bring that on Thursday. So make sure you check us out on Thursday. You can list your top 10 or list some of the things that you think should be in the top 10. We'll cross-reference and we'll see if we captured it. Or if there's something that you put out there that we didn't capture, maybe we'll go back before we release it on Thursday. With that, we'll take our first break. As you talked about many of the BX SWAC cancellations, you have some in the SWAC as well. Prairie View, Valparaiso was canceled. Um, you see that with Texas Southern and TCU was counseled. FAMU and Illinois was counseled. Yep. As you talk about, this is just across the board. Prairie View Northwestern was also counseled, um, just to give you some indication before we get into conference play, which starts next Monday, January 3rd. So it'll be interesting to see um, will everybody be able to get their conference games, as you talked about. With that, let's take this break. Dr. Mills inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington Charles Bishop. We'll be right back after this quick break. Man, Madden. I was I just saved his his special. That would that air uh, Nope. Nope. Come on, him? Ooh, I like him. Quick, the quicker picker upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. This is the BCSN Pod Zone, your place for the news, views, and conversations about all things related to HBCU athletics. Here are the BCSN Sports Wrap, Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab, Knights of the Round Table, the pregame show, the Carlos Brown Show, the ONG Strike Zone, and more in one place. We are changing the way you consume HBCU sports one broadcast at a time. Let's get back to strolling instead of scrolling. 
Before we can safely come together, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your family. Support the Black College Sports Network so we can continue to provide you coverage. Go to myjbn.com slash support and be a part of the Black College Sports Network. This is Dr. Lil with Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watson, Charles Bishop. Just got sent an article that was interesting as we talk about attendance for Jackson State and HBCU. A uh, report out of athleticdirectoru.com says, does college football have an attendance problem? Well, I'm sure it's not Jackson State problem right now. <laughs> <laughs> With that, let's get into our last 2021 HBCU marching sport poll. So this is the final poll, uh, week 16, if you would. And we're going to name our first inaugural Doctorville's 2021 HBC Marching Sport Poll Champion for the Marching Sport. Let's get into it. Our top 10, not a lot of changes. Uh, we did have an update in terms of one of the teams there, uh, Marching Sport, if you would. But we have at number 10, we have All Point State Sounds of Dynamite, as they are in at number 10. You see some of the teams getting votes. Uh, make sure to give them love. But I did want to get in here uh, at number nine. You have South Carolina State Marching Sport 101. They lost uh, the Celebration Bowl 3-3-1-1. Represented well, but uh, couldn't get it quite done in that matchup. But they stay uh, at number nine uh, as they were the previous week coming into that matchup. At number eight, you have Prairie Bean and Panthers, the Marching Storm 2-2 two two on the season, 29 points. Stay at number eight. We go to number seven, which is Bethune-Cookman, the Marching Wildcats 2-1-1-1. Top 10 program. Didn't have a lot of contests. We'll see if that changes next year. At number six, you have Alabama State Mighty Marching Hornets, five and two, one and three overall. But they are in the top 10, closing out the top 10 at number six. Let's get into the top five. Well, we had this surprise we told you about earlier. You've seen Kentucky State Mighty Marching Hornets, thoroughbred band, five and oh, three and oh, undefeated season. They get in the top five, had the major upset of Tennessee State, the aristocrats there. They get it done. At number four, Norfolk State, the Spartan Legion Marching Band, 4-1, 2-0, 68 points, remain at number four. At number three, you have a change. Florida a and the Marching 100, 5-1, 3-1, keeping a hold of one first-place vote, but they lost one at 82 points, and they dropped down from the two spot. Bring us to number two, Jack State, Sonic Boom, 8-2 on their final finish, winning Celebration Bowl. The Sonic Boom with the South got it done. They had those two extra games in terms of the last season, the SWAT championship game, along with uh, with the Celebration Bowl, which gave them 10 HBCU marching sports contests on the year. Conference-wise, they finished 4-2, and 8-2 two, and two overall. Two first-place votes as they take two first-place votes from last week, 84 points, uh, moving up a spot from number three. But number one, Southern Human Jukebox, 8-0, 5 first-place votes, 90 points. Remain at number one, and they are our inaugural champion of the HBC Marshall Sport Band Poll. That's our top ten. Let me go to Charles first. Let me know your thoughts before I go to Mike, because he looks like he has some comments that he wants to share. I, you know, I can't argue. Uh, Southern, uh, they took everybody's best punches all season, but uh, when you're talking about uh, uh, just uh, this this band program, it is tremendous. When you talk about um, – the human jukebox and sonic boom of the south uh it is so subjective uh it is <laughs> pretty much whoever you follow but uh, uh dr bill I, I commend you with regards to actually looking at the competition of these bands and and, and and taking the subjectivity out of it you know you have to have some sort of competition it is marching sport so uh, i think this is off to a, a great start in terms of the inaugural uh year the initial year and uh you know some uh Human Jukebox, a tremendous band, a tremendous band. Appreciate it. Well said. Well said, my colleague. Let me go to Mike. <laughs> what are your thoughts? <laughs> oh, I'm going to try to say this as nice as possible. Thank <laughs> you. Know, you know, I love you both, right? <laughs> <laughs> I really do love you both. But but it, it's, I can go with Southern. I dang sure can go with Jackson State. But when you have Kentucky 
against up ahead against Prairie View, a team who they're going to make a documentary show about based on an article by the undefeated having Prairie View as number one, and you don't have them in your top five, something is seriously wrong. I re- there's, there has to be a certain degree of some degree of subjectivity based on actual band members. Uh, so, Yeah, but the, the point that you have to do in this band, and I told you from the beginning, is Prairie View is going to have to find some traveling partners to go to. You mm. can't just have four contests and then talk about the fact that you're in the business of marching sport in terms of pole ranking. So you can have the best of sound, you have the most number of folks, but if you're not nobody watching, sees you, yeah, you can't nobody see you. They only get eight games. Who, who let me saw Kentucky let State, finish, and then I'll give you the mic. In eight conference games, they participated in three. Two of them were classics that they had to participate in, right? <laughs> so they and the other one was what? So you know, when, when you're doing stuff like that, man, you, you need to step your game up. And I, I'm a proud Prairie Band alumni, but I call it like I see it. If you're not marching against another HBCU band, I really don't have time to hear so, much from you. So, so I had what I call arbitrarily fans watching South Carolina State, and they're like number eight, and they don't even keep up with college. But they were like, did they even rehearse for this game? <laughs> you got them at number seven, number eight. South South Carolina State, really, really. We yeah, talking- Prairie View's a, what the problem? Oh, Prairie View's ahead of them. You shouldn't have had no huh? problem. Prairie View's ahead of them. Okay, then you have Kentucky State. What have they? What has Kentucky State done? That's exactly right. Kentucky State had five marching contests. They so you're judging about the number of contests. They went in a they physical went in number and got it done against Tennessee State. What do you mean got it done against Tennessee State? What is getting they out done? Blue Tennessee State, they outperformed Tennessee State. They got the L. Tennessee State got the L. Oh, on the field or, or yeah, on the, the field. quarter? Zero quarter. Right. We, 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 field, we have to reevaluate our standards. I don't care if Prairie View only played four games. We have to understand the quality of the band versus the other ones that they're waiting. How you going to know they have quality if they don't march? By 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 talking to some band members who evaluated their performances. Oh, the band members we had on the show agreed with me. They love my pole rank. They were drunk. Charles, they were drunk. Get, they the, were drunk. get, the, get, the, get the get the get the get the mic back. You got here. Turn it off. I'm, Mike, I, Mike, I knew this was coming. <laughs> they were drunk. I, I mean, but, but hold on. I, I I will say this. I will say this. Man, if nobody sees you, golly, what what can you do? You got to get out on the road. I, I agree with that. It's like if nobody, a tree if in nobody the sees you. Yeah, oh, you know, nobody you, know what you're doing. You know, but, but how, how do you evaluate that criteria that nobody sees you? If did, you did, don't did march, you, did you see him in the state park? There's no. Did contest. you see him in the labor day, the class, labor day premise, class? Let me no, seriously. Let me get this in. The whole premise of this poll ranking was marching sport. There's no sport if there's no competition, if there's not another band that you're going against. You don't have four of them. That's not my fault. Send some of your money in. Send some money in so they can travel and go to bring somebody in one of these bands. Because they could have went to Alcorn State. They might would have helped that three. That would have helped. should have been in that game. Because I actually want to see Alcorn in this poll, because Alcorn have a hell of a year. So going to Alcorn would have helped but them. But they only did ranking. six contests, and they in the middle of the conference, so they have even less excuse not to go to a lot of things, a lot of games. They in the middle. They have five conference contests. Decent. They can do a little better, especially when you get up there and you have Jackson State doing 12, 10 contests. This, this poll has to be doing quality, not – not the number of oh they showed up here so they get another data point. Hey, come on now, hey, it, no, there was a contest which means you won a loss. They won a loss. Their contest. This band is sitting up prairie at five hundred. They won two and lost two. Okay, where they, they might the, need to do it. They need check the They got in trouble when they the, went down the bad route. Where they the took, took it to them. The football team where got they, it done on the field, and then they where found they a way to get the swag coach. championship. So Prairie right now needs to loosen up. They lost the coach, and they're losing the band. They can't. That they don't even with. have a coach right now. 
So I'm not sure about this. It's not anyway, about the coach. It's about the this band. This inside the HBCU about the band. We'll be right back. Some some people need to tell the truth. We need some truth, sir, around here. All right. Some people, need, some people need to restructure their damn polls. And he picks up a first down. And I'm going to go back to, you know, we talked to our friends, uh, Charles Bishop and Neely. They follow Jackson State football and having dinner with them. I mean, they said this team feels like nobody can score three times on them. Three times. He didn't say if it was three field goals, three touchdowns. Prairie View has scored twice. Touchdown, field goal. That's how good this defense is. And, whoa, they are as good as advertised. Fourth best in all of FCS. It got to get to the point where whoever we're doing the broadcast that week of the game, they're going to sit down with y'all because y'all know us better than everybody. Sure. And y'all know some of the inside stuff we do. that I may not tell them because I don't trust them. But sure. trust us. Okay. Trust y'all. We appreciate that we trust. Appreciate that, Coach. Much love, baby. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High-quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com That's www.slowburnwaco.com Your ad could be ran here. MyJBN.com backslash support. MyJBN.com backslash support for more information. This is Dr. Gavill inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Since we're going out, and, and this maybe this is my new resolution, I'm just going to tell it like it is. Let's get in here on some of these coaching searches and some of these news dump days that we got with people announcing their coaches on Fridays before big events. I don't get it. I'm going to start with you, Mike. Which was the first one you want to go with? That Winston-Salem State that dropped on Friday before the celebration bowl? Yeah, let's start with Winston-Salem State. <laughs> first of all, the timing. You're going you're gonna to drop this. Here it is. New coach. But the average person is not going to find that news for about a week. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> the Friday before the celebration bowl, everybody in Atlanta, uh, and the few people that are not in Atlanta, they up there going to New Jersey watching the basketball, and you talking about a new coach, you drop late yes. on Friday. <laughs> please, you please don't holidays, You got a whole bowl game, and you're going to drop the news then? <laughs> please don't tiptoe bird on your coach in. Please don't do that. Don't, 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 don't oh, man. So, Robert Massey becomes Winston-Salem State head coach. 56 is a North Carolina Central University alum who has been promoted from interim head coach who had a record of 7-12. In 2019-to-full-time-head-football-coach-Winston-Salem-State. There, there's some upswing with that. You know, what can he bring to the table? You know, you know, uh, full-time head coach. It was based on a nationwide search. What can he bring to the table? So uh, he's humbled, but I, I do, you know, after kind of thinking about it, sat around a couple of days after the celebration bowl and muddled, and I was like, what can he bring to the table? I think he can bring some, you know, some exposure, some notoriety. We'll see. The question I have is the coaches underneath. What is what is the offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator? What does that look like? What does the X and O situation look like? There are probably more questions than answers to me at this point, but I do like it from an exposure standpoint. Great points that you make there, Mike. You can have the mic back again. Uh, as you <laughs> talked about, he was drafted, <laughs> selected uh, second round in 1989, uh, drafted by New Orleans Saints cornerback. Uh, from 1989 to 1990, then he had a stint with Detroit from 94-95, Jacksonville 96, and New York 97. And uh, rose up the ranks, as you do, in terms of 
going up the uh, coaching ranks and got it done. Uh, he was part of that Shaw University Winston-Salem uh, program staff when they combined for four CIAA football championships. So he does have some championship pedigree. At that time, yep. you know, uh, Central hired him, receiving defensive back from 20, 2003, 2004. So it'll be interesting to see what's going on as you do that. And kudos to this, you know, team maintained, accumulated a 3.0 grade point average. And this was during the COVID-19 pandemic. So he made sure they were putting in work, which is one of the most important things uh, for students. Let me go to you, Charles, in terms of this other uh, weird news dump. This one was even worse to some degree. It was Christmas Eve. Kevin Porter back in the SIAC is the Central State Matadors football coach. What do you think about uh, Kevin Porter? He does follow the NFL lineage. As well. Yeah, he follows the NFL lineage. He's won before a former SIAC uh, coach of the year. He's won um, a championship, but I, I feel you guys on this. Come on now. now a Christmas Eve uh, announcement? God, God, come on now. I, you you got to do your coach a little better than that. It's just, that's, that's marketing one-on-one. Come on now. Let's Let's, but you know what? Kudos because you did name somebody. There's one school out there that hadn't they hadn't taken that step yet. We're in the midst of the of recruiting season, so uh, you know it's, it's time to get that done. So uh, I'm just saying, do we have folks up there on Facebook, Prairie View, talking about the chimney smoke? Wait, wait, no, the Pope smoke. Then somebody wait, wait. said, "What kind of smoke we looking for?" I said, "Purple haze, purple haze." <laughs> Pretty good. Well, since we over here having so much fun, let me take it to Tuskegee. Tuskegee landed a big fish. <laughs> but the thing about this was everybody found out that Miles coach uh, Reginald Ruffin, the AD and coach and Miles was heading to Tuskegee. It probably was. Many folks across the HBCU football didn't know Tuskegee was looking for a football coach or AD. And I'm not sure they still haven't released anything on the <laughs> Slaughtered in terms of what happened there. But kudos to Tuskegee because they did get uh, what most of us recognize as a very good football coach. Tremendous. As well as the AD because the entire Miles College program has been doing really big things. Now you have Miles College on the clock as their rivalry. Uh, we've seen that recently where coaches leave one program and go to another program in the conference going back home. Um, so we'll see if this continues to be the trend and works out. So I'm fascinating about this hire. Any Additional thoughts you have on this trial? Uh, the million dollar question for me is, um, you know, how how does it work? I, I can understand, you know, being the head football coach in AD works in one culture. Does it particularly work uh, when you have a different personality coming in to do it at a different culture? So uh, it'll be interesting to see if you know you still have the same success at Tuskegee that you had in Miles in that dual role. I think it is interesting. And some people had that question out there. I think it was a good one that people chimed in on. And you don't see it at the FCS level, um, Division One level, if you would. You don't see that very often. We've seen it most recently, Bethune-Cookman, uh, where the head men's basketball coach is also the athletic director. Um, mm-hmm. And so I can't remember uh, the last time I've seen it at the Division One FCS level for some time. But we've seen it a couple of times at the uh, Division II level. And I guess some of that could be in terms of the financial money that's associated with that. Uh, usually at the Division II level, you don't have the same amount of sports. Um, maybe that has some framework to it. Um, as I said, in terms of what Reginald Ruffin, you can't question his ability in terms of what he's able to do. Uh, the football team has won uh, at a level unprecedented to Miles College. And many other programs have won in terms of being uh, right there in the championship round in terms of men's and women's basketball have been in the hunt. Baseball program at Miles is doing really well. So they've been able to have a consistent program for the most part across the board. So it will be interesting to see if can you do that to Skiki. I think one of the things that you're looking for him to do it to Skiki is to, you know, revive the pride. You know, yeah. Kiki is a very <clears throat> historical, pr- prideful program. You know, the most winningest football program out there. Most well, championships. Yeah. Um, and there was a period that they were giving Alabama State and SWAC schools major problems in terms of them pushing the limits uh, of people really believing that they should be on their way to the FCS Division One level if they decided to make the move, you know, with the similar type of pedigree that you see it. But throwing Cookman as a private school and certainly Hampton, their sister school in a lot of ways, as they call themselves. So 
fascinating as they kind of dip and slide and you saw miles rise to the occasion. So um, if you get somebody that's done it in the past, I think that is a good equation to try is you go get somebody that has been successful uh, in that role. So it'll be fascinating to watch that. Mike, you wanted to get some comments in here as well? Yeah. And just to go back, the, the timing is a little suspicious for me. So with first of all, you don't igna- igna- announce or acknowledge the departure of your head football coach in AD in, in Willie Slater. Then if you look at the dates, the AD job was posted on November 8th and then the head coaching position on December 17th. And then a week later, give or take, you announced the new AD and head coach. I'm scratching my head on this. So, you know, to his credit, hats off to Coach Slater. You know, what did he have? 123-plus wins, uh, 72% winning percentage. But, you know, Ruffin brings, you know, kind of a winning pedigree coming from Miles College. But something that timing just seems a little bit off. You know, I hear I, one- I, I do think that is interesting when you put that out there, Mike, but it could be just a simple answer. It could be the fact that they were going to actually look for AD, um, look for a head coach, and then when they got the chance to really talk to Reginald, and, and part of maybe one of the reasons he would come is he wanted both titles. And they were like, mm-hmm. well, yeah. at this point, uh, we'd rather take that option and then lose a coach. I yep. know that, you know, Reginald Ruffin, had a desire to go to the FCS level and was in at least some of those coaching searches that we saw throughout the SWAC. And as those grinded down, maybe he pivoted and said, hey, this is the next best opportunity. Maybe if I win here at Tuskegee, I can take that next step FCS. It'll be harder for them to deny me that opportunity if I've done it now at two places. So it could be just as simple as that, that originally their plan was to hire an AD and hire a head football coach. But when the opportunity came to hire Reggie, uh, um, Coach Ruffin, I should say, that they decided to move in that direction. So it is one to keep your eyes on. Very interesting in terms of what that looks like. But let's transition out of here. Get ready for our last break as we get into the fourth quarter. We'll talk a little bit on the way back. We'll talk about some of this Black College Football Hall of Fame game matchup um, that will feature uh, two new coaches in this matchup. In fact, let's stay here. And then we'll come back after this. Um, the 2020 Black College Football Hall of Fame will feature Winston-Salem State and Central State. We just talked about two new coaches. So somebody as a new coach of their program is going to get a debut win. So this is fascinating. This game is tentatively scheduled for September 4th. Uh, it's the Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium. Uh, in terms of this matchup, Black College Hall of Fame, uh, and we see all the things that they're going and doing there in terms of that work uh, right now. So Central State has confirmed as the opponent on Friday, as it announced, as the new head coach, Kevin Porter, former head coach at Port Valley State, we talked a little bit about. Um, and so Winston-Salem State, was first team was announced on December 17th while naming Robert Massey as the head coach. Interesting that they did the same thing. They waited to announce their coach, and then they announced the fact that they're playing this game. Any thought from you, Mike, in terms of this Black College Football Hall of Fame matchup? No. Again, the, the timing, they – announced the coach, then announced the, the game. So no, nothing to me about this stands out. Um, I think it's a unique matchup, though, being that, you know, you have two institutions with, you know, new role new roles in place. I, I, think it, I think it's a setup, at least from a press standpoint, a coverage standpoint. I think it's a unique setup from a coverage standpoint and a visibility standpoint. I think, I think that also lends some – support to the event in and of itself and that you have new characters in, in the, the equation. You have announcements taking place. You, you wonder if there was some strategics behind the announcement. I don't know, but I, I think that, that, that lends more to the success of the event because of how you announced it, when you announced it, and now we have the event in and of itself. So I think it'll be interesting. Well, you know, we talked a little bit about state fair classic question about the attendance there. I think it was listed at 26. I think they're saying 45. But Al um, is the promoter of the game. Is actually the promoter of this game as well. As I go to get your thoughts, Charles, you do have two proud programs. Winston-Salem State uh, had its run in the CIAA for a while, including, you know, obviously the semifinal in 2011 and then making it the NCAA Division II title game in 2012. Central State, we've known in terms of what they've been able to get done in terms of mostly at the NIA level, titles in 90, 
92 and 95, making it to a championship appearance at the Division II level during that period as well. What are your thoughts in terms of the Black College Football Hall of Fame matchup between Winston-Salem State and Central State, which will debut two new coaches? Is this the first year Central State is uh, particip- participating in the Black College uh, Hall of Fame class? Yes. Okay. So, I mean, from a marketing standpoint, you have this Ohio team that's uh, uh, going to be playing here in Canton. So, I think that's that's huge. That was a, a stroke of genius in terms of uh, getting that local buy-in uh, with regards to Central State playing in this game. So, looking forward to it. Two uh, new head coaches uh, coming to this game. So, you should get all the pomp and circumstance from uh, the two new head coaches. And then, of course, Central State being uh, 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 sort of a, a local favorite there in the Canton, Ohio area. Yeah, somebody said, what if Coach Slater ends up at Miles College? Now, that would be funny. I think he, <laughs> is my understanding, he will be taking care of Tuskegee. While they didn't announce the particulars, is my understanding that it, it ended well in terms of being a joint decision. Uh, but, yeah, that would be real interesting somehow he ends up Miles. I think Miles has a bigger picture out there. I mean, you do have a, a coach over there formerly. Of, of Grambling State Fobs. Maybe they want to reach out in that direction and see if Fobs still wants to coach. I mm. think I've seen him on Facebook right now. He's enjoying his break as he's in the Caribbean, jumping into the water and on the beach. I can really appreciate that, Coach. I like that. This is Dr. Bill inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Watson, Charles Bishop. Stick with us as we go into the fourth quarter, and we'll tease out some of the things you may see on the top ten list for Friday, I want to get your thoughts on that. Before we do that, we will get into that Labor Day weekend. It's going to be fascinating when you talk about these multiple programs claiming championships. And the only reason I use claiming because we didn't provide the championship to them, but rightfully so, there are four teams that can state they are 2021 national champions, rightfully so. We'll get right back after this break, and we'll talk, tease out a little bit about that Labor Day weekend in Miami which will be all about HBCU football. Boy, I tell you, that would be a nice place to be. Might think about going down that way next year. Might We might have to figure it out. If we can get COVID out of the way in some way, we'll make it work. This is Dr. Yep. Bill inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watson, Charles Bitch. Charles said, come on, he'll be there. <laughs> Stick with us. We'll be right back after this break. Bounty versus the old family dish towel. Drying with a fresh sheet of Bounty leaves your hands cleaner than a used dish towel that can carry and redistribute food residue. So ditch the dish towel for better hand hygiene. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. You see Head & Shoulders has a scalp shield technology protects against flakes even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. Number 15? Never not working. I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Head & Shoulders scalp shield. Never not working. Thank you guys for what you do for HBCU Athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for, for, for all of us. This is our ESPN, so we, 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 we love what you guys do. Brian, AD, Roy, all you guys at BCSN, we really appreciate what it is that you guys, you guys do for us. This is Dr. Bill with Inside HBC Sports Lab. Credit to G. Boom. He is heart of heart. He said, couldn't think about Miami, knowing about my Panthers hosting Stu for the Labor Day class. Good point. But, you know, right now, uh, oh, all things are pointing oh. east. The east oh. is where he is. The recruiting by Alabama A&M, fam, you, Jackson State. As I said today is, you know, before we get into the new year, Dr. Bill, the dean, is kicking it straight. Right now, yep. my aides. My A-plus students are in the East Division. <laughs> we, we, we got some C's, and we'll, we'll figure it out on the way right now. They, yeah. they, they need some more work. <laughs> you know, maybe yeah. next year, 2022, it could be a little better. But right now, the yeah. A goes to the East. They dominated the West. Valley, 
all these programs. Alabama State even got. I mean, man. Yeah. Uh, let me leave that the alone. West, the, the West is barely holding up that curve. Yeah. <laughs> Bethune Cookman calls the different coaching searches over there from Bramlin in terms of what they got done. So yeah, the point. Yeah, they got yeah. Yeah. So as we said, Labor Day weekend. Speaking of Jackson State and FAMU, speaking of Bethune Cookman, Bethune Cookman on September third will be. Uh, at University of Miami, as Miami will host them. And then the day after, September 4th, you have the Hard Rock Stadium with Jackson State and FAMU. You will have in this game, really, serious, think about this. You'll have a matchup that features a team that played in this game one point and ultimately came down uh, to who would be represented in the SWAT championship game. That team won and went on to the Celebration Bowl. Both teams can claim HBCU national champion. Both coaches have recruited extremely high. Both coaches believe coming out of that game that they'll do it again. I think it'll be a little more challenging next year, both in the East and West, to be real with you. But still, coming into that matchup, when you can put all that on the table, uh, you know, national number one recruit. You have another top recruit that says they're taking a trip to FAMU. Yep. Uh, you have Coach Prime talking about he's not done yet. And you got all these four or five. And then – Oh, by the way, you have the other school on the hill, Alabama A&M, saying, yeah, we're doing just fine. We're getting a couple of D1 transfers as well. <laughs> so this is so fascinating and fun. And then throw in the marching band. Right? Three of the top yeah. ten bands there. Two of the top five. Two of the top three will be in this showcase. Man, you know, sometimes you just got to call it like it is. Yeah. You know, if you can't market yeah. this game, no other game needs to come back to campus if they can't put no 40-plus people in this thing. I'm saying now, I think we're going to look at over 60,000 at this game, this Jackson State, Florida A&M game. I, I had people, people texting me today, like uh, uh, we put out uh, on a pregame show page that the tickets were on sale. I had people texting me they were, they were buying tickets now. So this Jackson State, Florida A&M game, and then you had uh, the Bethune-Cookman fan base will be down there in Miami as well. Uh, this could this could be huge. This could be huge. Let, let, let me let me tell you. Say, you got you got preview. You got California hard, and I give a yeah. shout out. You're right, Hugh Jackson's coming in there. He putting his foot down. He said, "Well, I can do what the others do. I can do one better." He's got some D one transfers and going at it hard. Mike, what are your thoughts in terms of this? No, game? no, no. I was just uh, with the exception of Grambling, you got Southern Preview and a couple of others in the West looking at Alabama and M, FAMU, Jackson State, looking like. Looking at they band directors and the head coaches, be like, I believe what's up. <laughs> what are we gonna do? <laughs> Seriously, what are we gonna do, Doctor Lee? <laughs> we, this can't be no flight of the bumblebee. <laughs> oh boy! Oh, we can't because we care. But it's gonna be fascinating. It's hard to believe that everything has come to the end. As we kind of tease some out and have this. Anything that sticks out to you in terms that has to be on the top 10, let's not spoil it in terms of what you sent me in terms of your top 10, but what was one of the things that didn't make your top 10 list that you're like, man, it was hard, but I, I left them off. Let me start with you, Charles. That didn't make my top 10. Yeah, oh. one of the ones that Ooh. didn't make your top 10. Um, She's like, what Ooh, a, you, you, yeah, what you hated to do it, but it ended up on the cutting floor. Yeah, what immediately comes to mind is the five-set matchup between Florida a and and Jackson State in the volleyball championship. Uh, that was, uh, you know, uh, it okay. gave volleyball, uh, HBCU volleyball, a, a shine. I mean, two uh, top-notch top volleyball programs uh, that were going at it, and uh, FAMU came out on, on top in that fifth set, and it went down to the wire. So, you know, that, that immediately comes to mind. But, you know – Ooh, wow, that, that's a tough question. I, I, I just immediately what comes to mind is the fact that you even had a you played football in the spring. You played sports during this pandemic. That that is all encompassing. And for uh, our administrators to and, and to uh, and SWAT commissioner uh, to facilitate that process, I think that's huge. Now it didn't, you know, I was my honorable mention, but. I just, you know, go back to 2021 that you were playing games in the midst of a pandemic, and it and it, it actually happened. You, you pulled it off, you know. Yeah, that's true. 
Mike, what's your thoughts? What didn't Ooh. make your top 10 that you had to leave on the cutting floor? And you was like, man, this is good, but not in my top 10. I'll tell you the toughest one for me that did not make the top 10 was FAMU getting a, a bid in the, in the, in the, the what was the FCS uh, playoff? Mm. That was the one I thought about. I was like, man, where does this fall in? And I was like, uh, you know, Bowie State and their run, uh, they made it to the quarterfinals uh, in the playoffs. And then then turnaround, we had the bowl game with the Celebration Bowl. And then you had strong defensively led FAMU getting another bid. Um, that one to me was an, an, a strong, and I mean a strong honorable mention, but it did not make my top ten. Yeah, I see it, boy. The rally's going to be mad at you. I don't care about the comment. Commits. I ain't no celebrating until the LOI is signed. True, but these are early commits in December, so a lot of these folks have signed the letter of intent. They're signed on the dotted line. You're talking about some of those commits that are out there. That's a good point, but uh, it'll be interesting when you talk about what's going on here, so I'm fascinated to see all this in terms of the top 10, and you may be surprised as this is a combination of top 10, so we looked over and saw all the cross-listing between the three of us. Uh, we'll check on the input of some other folks that said what should be in the top 10, and then we'll release it. We'll have two honorable mentions of the top 10, but on Thursday, we'll give you our top 10 list in terms of what happened in 2021. And remember, we're going back to essentially January, February with the spring, so you have all those things to think about, some of the spring matchup. And we're going to go deep. We're just going to talk about football. We're going to go into basketball, volleyball, baseball. So we looked at all of track and field. We're going to see who made the top 10 list. That'll do it for us today. That's Dr. Neal inside the HBC Sports Lab again. Happy Kwanzaa as you celebrate this week. Happy holidays. Take care. Obviously, be safe out there. COVID-19 is for real in terms of Omicron. Thank you for listening to Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast. With your friends and colleagues, I am Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, the Dean of HBCU Sports, coming from inside the lab in the College of HBCU Sports with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 o'clock. We look forward to you next week as we will discuss the latest news in the lab. Uh, tune in for us on Thursday. We'll be right back with our top 10. We'll give that to you on Thursday. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That's DR. K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-B-I-L, D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-B-I-L, inside HBU Sports Lab 1 on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, inside HBCU Sports Lab. Dream big, continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Charles? Horse. Mike? Lecture. Dismissed. We don't duck and dodge. Ain't no ever waters on my schedule. 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 Just saying, just saying. We're going to let you have the last word uh, in terms of uh, Alabama and fans. But anything that you can share with the viewers. Any last thoughts you want to share? Did I want to share? Yeah. Oh, go, go Bulldogs! Hey, baby, y'all tune in ESPN this week, and uh, we're gonna try to we're gonna try to make you proud and uh, give you a good show, offensive, defensive, special teams, and uh, represent the way the Bulldogs represent. Don't worry, it's all a part of the game. Tune in every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Eastern for Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab course. Lecture dismissed.